0: we built a scammer detection system. And if we detect their scammer, we put them in a separate dating pool. So we don't delete them because when we deleted them originally, they would just pop back up. We put them in a separate dating pool away from our real users. And then we flooded this dating pool, this dark dating pool with bots and these bots would just chat with the scammers and really bother them. (laughs) Um, So it always just made these scammers extremely frustrated ends up getting covered by like all the major publications is on tv so was
1: <laughs> a really cool welcome to the picture of wealth or TPOW, as we call it i am your host dustin service Zach, I'm excited to have you on the show. The picture of wealth, maybe we call it the picture of health, because I know you're a super health conscious person, but thanks a lot for coming on the show today.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Dustin.
1: One of the things that I know is near and dear to your heart is the health. And, you know, it's it's actually kind of timely. My wife actually, last weekend, just did a breath work class. And for anyone who, you know, it's not a very common thing that most people know about. This is something that's part of your practice, like in your day-to-day life and keeping you low-stressed, and high-functioning. How would you describe breathwork to somebody?
0: I mean, similar to a type of, or one way of meditation, following your breath, and it's often instructed, like it will be guided, and holding breath, or speed up, or slow down, and following breathwork, you feel very present and grounded with yourself.
1: Is it a place where You know, after you have like big ideas for your company, because I always often brainstorm with my wife, like, why do you do this? Like, is it just to feel relaxed or like you have big ideas that erupt after or to give us some examples of how you felt good after it? Can you think of any?
0: I think it's just a daily practice. I personally do just like a meditation, a silent, non-guided meditation. I like to do that uh, in the mornings. And just like a nice start to your day. It's almost like bringing your brain to the spa. And (laughs) you're definitely more relaxed and more present throughout the day. And then when issues arise, which often there are always issues in our day-to-day, you may see them slightly differently in a way that you can be more relaxed when you handle them. And in the end, less stressed out, um, which I think most people like to have or feel relaxed, or very happy throughout
1: the whole day. You're setting yourself up to deal with things that come at you. And one of the things I found uh, when I was doing my research, people can look you up. They can find lots of episodes where you do the classic podcast questions and explain your business. But can you condense your timeline to to two minutes of sort of how you've got here? Because I want to get into some meat of uh, you know things and some of the special things that you, you you're solving. And I think connecting it to wealth and the way that we interact as humans in a day. So give us a runway of, of what you're doing and how you got there. And then I'm going to, I'll dive into some of my questions.
0: Being an avid online dater. I used to run hinges subreddit. I used to run a dating blog called top romp, which reviewed different dating apps and hacks for the modern dater. ends ended up selling that. Uh, one thing that I always noticed was I'd go on these dates and oftentimes I was just not attracted. They just didn't always look like their photos or maybe they did and just our chemistry wasn't there. So I started asking my dates beforehand if they'd be open to like a quick video chat, just to see if we were attracted to one another, if we had chemistry. And I was like, wow, that's a much better way to date than like (laughs) the traditional just messaging back and forth and meeting them in person.
1: Were people open Uh, to this?
0: No, most were not. (laughs) I would say one in four women were open to it and the ones that rejected, about half would be like, hey, can we just do a phone call? And listen, phone calls were significantly better than messaging back and forth as well. The beauty of video was you were able to see their face, their facial expressions. Phone calls are still good, but not as good, in my opinion. Ended up wanting to create this dating app, which is the app I want to use called Filter Off, launched it right before the pandemic beginning of 2020 pandemic hits uh, filter off takes off we get covered in the new york times as well as the bbc it becomes like global within just a few days Um, and then about a year later we end up raising about two and a half million dollars i go full time with my co-founder and then yeah just growing it from there since then we've transitioned away from like a lot of these virtual speeding events We've now focused more on the video speed date. When you get matched with someone, you then coordinate time to go on a video call. And now we've more recently entered the field of matchmaking. So instead of the system matching you, you could actually have a human matchmaker who also pairs as a dating coach. It's like Hitch, the
1: movie. So what I'm fascinated most about is the fact that you were more interested to pick up the phone and talk to somebody or even better talk on video when lots of 33 well, 30 year old people are so used to texting and in the workplace for connecting, you know, for staff, there's not a, just an oversupply of good staff. So getting good staff and getting them to interact with your potential customers or clients, usually picking up the phone can go a long way because you learn a lot. And so where do you think that comes from in your fabric of like wanting to connect and not just sort of hide behind the screen, send off a message and just be okay with just sort of it's in the abyss.
0: I would say it's two things. One, the more boring way is just, I'm not, I like efficiency. It's really inefficient to get ready, get to the date and then be on a bad date. That's a really poor experience. <laughs> yeah. Opportunity costs cost of spending money and it's end time. Um, and you could just be on a better date or a different date or spend time with your friends or family. But aside from that, aside from efficiency, I just like human connection. And it's really crappy to be on a date when you don't have much of a connection with them, or you just feel like, eh, this is not where I want to be at this moment. So the beauty of a phone call, it allows you to hear their voice. And then beauty of a video chat goes even further, allows you to see them. So. It was just kind of a no-brainer. Once I experienced a FaceTime with a random person who we shared mutual interest on a dating app, it was like, why would I do it any way differently? The biggest challenge was the cultural challenge, which was, this is weird. And then it really shifted, though, once the pandemic hit.
1: Yeah, well, the timing couldn't have been uh, so that people were locked down, couldn't go anywhere. The thought of like a little dopamine dump that maybe you might meet somebody at night. uh, I can definitely see the allure to that. The adoption obviously has picked up. So from that first time you, you were asking for a one in four, now I guess people are signing up for the app. The people that are on the app know sort of the rules of the game and their mental set is open to having that conversation. So it's probably a a very high interaction or uptake. Is that, would you say it's correct? Yeah, that's
0: that's correct. On filter off you're expected to go on video. So that's like a
1: hundred percent.
0: When you use traditional swipe apps, like a Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, it's definitely become more of the norm to ask for a video chat. However, Those types of apps that don't really have much of a user experience to set you up on a video date does have the video icon, but it feels, doesn't feel fluid. doesn't feel natural. Um, The filter off is expected. But the beauty is even if you're using a traditional swipe app and you ask someone, I'm actually surprised if someone says no or they're uncomfortable in the video chat, especially in a post-pandemic nature when everyone is comfortable being on Zoom.
1: Yeah, I even have my 70-year-old grandma. She's uh, She's got it all figured out, and she's teaching me things. How did you get the name filter off? I mean, it really just comes down to
0: not having a filter. It really bothered me that, like, you'd see these photos of people, and they're heavily filtered and doctored. And then when you mean persons, like, you look nothing like that. And it's only getting worse. And It will only continue to get worse with, like, just new tech and AI and now even even literally like you could doctor like deep fakes it's crazy so I mean it's only like, gonna get what's worse a deep and I fake, think like like where like someone you think it's not even them that you're talking to or you're observing and it's actually like a big it could be that could get really scary where like you'll be doing something you're watching a video of someone signing them but it looks like them so the tech is it's only, only going to continue to improve and with like AI continue to rise, yeah, it's going to get scarier and scarier. Where like authenticity is going to be needed more and more.
1: I think I did see a video on, it was Morgan Freeman on LinkedIn, where it was two videos above each other and below each other. And it was a guy, just like a guy like you or I talking. And it was Morgan Freeman. The AI was him There you go. in the exact same words, facial expressions, all that. Uh, so I guess that's what you're talking about. Uh, the thing that popped into my mind right now from the most curious would be help us understand how you raise 2.5 million. So for a lot of people, and again, you know, we live in a center where there's 200,000 people. We're, we're not in a, a major metropolis where there's huge, huge deals happening all the time. But there is a tech hub and there is a connection between Kelowna, which is the town, and, you know, San Francisco. There's a tech, recently built tech building six stories of mostly tech companies. So where do you even start when you go, okay, I got something cool here. I'm going to scale it up. Where did you start? When we raised, we already had a pretty significant user base. And when we
0: raised, interest rates were also significantly lower than they are today. So now it's much more difficult to fundraise. So there's a number of parameters that allows you to be to have a more likely time to raise or higher likelihood to raise. But my first investor, I met through a clubhouse just in a room, um, which is an audio social app that was very popular during the pandemic. And we linked up and started chatting a bunch. And he ended up being my first investor and introduced me to his friends and his friends invested. So like, you never know who can uh, inject capital. Again, it's much more difficult now than it was previously. Um, but I think what's most important is just build a user base and grow your revenue. And once you're able to do that, obviously, it also makes it much easier to fundraise as well.
1: And so do you have a, a master plan of what you'd use the money for, or it was just like, I just need dough. We'll figure it out. And people were on board with that. Is that how it was? Or is it is it not like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, they want to know how you're going to use their money. I mean, an early stage startup, it's typically going to be used for acquisition costs and perhaps also your salary. It allowed me to go full-time and also expand our marketing. Um, I've definitely shifted a lot of our strategy. We're now more so focused on revenue. We have a matchmaking service, where, which generates us revenue. So building a business that can be sustained and build a business that could last for a very long time.
1: And you think online dating will be a thing for a very long time?
0: I mean, I online dating will be a thing. I think you'll see swiping get to the point where it continues to feel extremely superficial. I think people want more authentic experiences. That's why we've now introduced matchmaking where you have a human matchmaker that curates, sets you up and bets your dates. Um, so I think, We respond to the modern way of dating, which I truly believe should always start with a video chat before meeting up with someone. And then if you are extremely serious when it comes to your dating life, hiring a matchmaker is essential to help you find your soulmate.
1: It raises a good question. I guess, is there two subgroups, like the chronic one-year relationship person and then you've got the person who's looking to get married
0: yeah i think it's not so black and white i think in larger cities you have a paradox of choice and men women have different pain points um oftentimes for men pain points are just like i spend so much time on these apps i'm just swiping and swiping and i'm not getting results and then the pain points for women are i'm getting way too many men by the way i'm sharing this as if it's a uh, heterosexual yeah, uh, yeah. individual, uh, but I'm getting way too many men. I'm getting inundated. I have no idea if these guys are quality. And it's just too much. So there's these these challenges for both genders. And the other issue is eh, the date was okay. I'm going to go on a different with a different person. Oftentimes there's this lack of like patience. And if it's not perfect, if everything doesn't line up, they're kind of like on to the next one. Um, I think that's, especially in major cities, I think that's kind of how we're programmed. And yeah, you have to be cognizant of it. Um, but it's definitely very easy to go on lots of dates for many people. It's also very difficult to meet the right person. A lot of times it's based off luck, right place, right time. Sometimes someone ghosts you and then a year later you match with them again and you end up getting married to them. So it's just like <laughs> so random. I think what it comes down to, I think it's really difficult. I think, again, it requires you to be patient. It's a numbers game, but it also requires extreme curation and betting. And that's why we introduced this matchmaking. But also, if you are potentially a woman and you're getting indeed by perhaps thousands of men, you at least go on some video dates. So you're not spending all this time on all these dates because it's, it's not going to work. So.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot man. filtering that's needed. So is there a play here in the business with like the data? Are you able to study like human psychology or you don't record the video chats or like, do you get feedback from people? Like, I almost think, you know, my head is going like, could you take that data? And then almost like teach people if being single is like a common thing in this day and transactional age, and you could teach 18, 19 year olds what to be aware of when online dating, that's almost like a course or something where people are exposed to it. If it's going to be a thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's always an opportunity. I think like the reason we add this matchmaking also gives you a coach. So if someone needs assistance beforehand or post video chat, or even now they're meeting up in person, they want feedback from their matchmaker. They're able to ask whenever they have those questions in terms of video dating better, just dating better in general, yeah, I think there's definitely an opportunity if the parties consent um, to always potentially record those sessions. For us, all of our video dates are, it's through WebRTC, so we don't record anything. But I think that could be a opportunity to have a feature to like improve your dating life, where obviously it would have to be recorded. And then you could maybe someone could give you some feedback and coaching on your dating experience.
1: Yeah, I think it's no different than working out, no different than like role-playing sales calls, you know, videoing yourself and, you know, you see yourself and maybe there's a, an interesting angle uh, there. Yeah. I found something online where when you originally launched, or maybe you can help us unpack this, but scammers kind of came into the community. What were they trying to do? On traditional dating apps, uh,
0: scammers can range from 30 to 70% of the user base. Wow. Um, Most, many dating apps don't even care because they just want their apps to feel very filled up. For us, we do care. And we built a scammer detection system. And if we detect their scammer, we put them in a separate dating pool. So we don't delete them because when we deleted them originally, they would just pop back up we put them in a separate dating pool away from our real users and then we flooded this dating pool this dark dating pool with bots and these bots would just chat with the scammers and really bother them um so it always just made these scammers extremely frustrated it ends up getting covered by like all the major publications is on tv so it was really cool um because it was so novel and it's something so needed in the dating industry where, again, some of these apps are actually all scammers.
1: Really? Yeah. What Why would the apps? scammers be on there? Like, what's, what's in it for the scammer?
0: Money. Yeah. So yeah. the number one way that scammers scam daters is through gift cards. Mm-hmm. So they'll just say, like, they'll build an emotional relationship with you. The beauty of filter off the video dating app. So if someone's not willing to go on video, you probably know it's a scammer as well. But scammers traditionally try to build an emotional connection with you. Uh, they typically target older individuals who may be lonely or more vulnerable. And they'll be like, listen, I'm, I'm tight on cash. Do you mind just like sending me these gift cards? Like it'll do me a mm-hmm. solid. So that's, a, that's one way. Another scam is dating sextortion where they may engage in messaging, uh, try to have you send a nude photo. Um, And then they'll try to blackmail you and say that they'll share that with all your friends and family. Um, So there's many different types of scams out there, unfortunately. And scamming can happen to anyone. And it's really, really unfortunate. So that's why we care about this so deeply is because we don't want to brew people's lives over. Um, Yeah. And we try our best by building a technology that leads to a video date, but also building a technology to detect these scammers and then really infuriate them by flooding this pool with a bot.
1: What's catfishing?
0: Catfish is someone who misrepresents what they look like. So oftentimes they look significantly different, uh, but on occasions also sometimes someone who's a different gender. They'll pretend they're someone and who they're not, or it could theoretically be uh, someone who's using a photo from 20 years ago. Uh, So there's a number of different ways to catfish someone.
1: Ah, okay. Well, I'm showing my age a little bit. You're 33 living in New York. One would think that it's like your life is action packed, but it's, you always got a few minutes to look for a date. Is that like a a common thing or are you so full with you know, your business requires a lot of time and energy. How do you fit the gym in? How do you fit going on your own app to look for your own date? How's that work? I'm pretty organized. So like in the morning,
0: I get my workout in and then I work. And then when I do go on date, it's typically in the evening around like 730. So it works. Um, Kind of like sometimes I'll get home and keep working. I think if you just work smart, you could be really effective. I don't think you have to be working like 24 hours a day, right. but I definitely work really hard and I put in a lot of, I think it just comes down to just working smart. Like anyone can work hard and that's not very impressive. I think it's about working smart and what's most important thing to move the needle.
1: What are your measuring sticks? Like when you're going, man, that was a good week in you know business. What does what a good week look like in working smarter?
0: I mean, right now it's about building our funnel when it comes to our matchmaking service.
1: That's the newest thing. So yeah. is it like you got your coders, they like actually delivered something? Okay. Like right
0: now for all I care about is just more matchmaking clients having that our current users and prospective users are aware of our service.
1: Is the strategy not necessarily trying to acquire brand new, new people. It's just moving existing clients up funnel, down funnel, however you kind of, you know, you Yeah. Energy. It's a mix of both. That's correct. And then where are you finding your expert data matchmaker people? Like what is them as a good matchmaker?
0: We have like over 10 years of experience when it comes to facilitating connections. I mean, we've created at this point, perhaps like over a thousand relationships and we've created so many marriages, um, at this point. So we have quite a bit of experience on how to match someone. Um, when I hire a matchmaker, I see it. A few different things that are important. One is organization, the ability to juggle many things because you have many clients. Second is coaching, um, the ability to, be a really great listener and not to try to insert your ego to try to tell them what's right, but like it's questions to get them there. I think that's like a very important skill. And then three, a matchmaker also has to have, or doesn't have to have, but another important pillar is sales sales experience. So the ability to bring someone new on a new client or upsell them on something to give them additional coaching of things of that nature so like i see those as three different pillars and maybe you could also say i think this goes to listening Is like empathy like do you actually even like people so i think that you could argue that's a separate pillar like customer service and enjoy kind of talking to people so I would say those are four different pillars that are important to be an effective matchmaker. I would say, I would argue you need three of the four. I would argue the coaching organization you need. The thing that I would say is more secondary is the sales. That's something you could always teach someone or you could just hire a sales team. But it's important things that you have to look for when hiring a matchmaker.
1: This is uh, a little bit of a selfish question because I always find it fascinating how I run my business and then how other people run their business. And especially because we're in two very different, you know, wealth management is my space, but you're in a tech app. Do you have a formula for, you know, you've got a certain amount of revenue coming in, you've got expenses and maybe there's a little bit of money left over at the end of the month or the year or whatever. Do you have a formula for, okay, I'm going to up my, compensation a little bit. I'm going to put 10% back into the business. I'm going to put 10% back into staff. Do you have any sort of unique, or is there a formula for like how you deal with excess cash or discretionary cash?
0: The one that would make the most sense is as you bring in additional revenue, as we, as you get new clients, like reinvesting them in the business. So you can continue to grow your current user base or running ads to your current user base so i think that's like a pretty easy thing to live by i don't i don't want to give financial advice but like uh for your business but like it has that you have to do it in a way that's smart for your business too but like that's an, a simple one of, around reinvesting
1: you don't have sort of a die hard this much Not goes into, it's so like i think it's still objectives. a little too early for us
0: given that we're now very focused on revenue so it's kind of has been a shift so if you ask me again, six months, I'll probably have a very different answer for you.
1: <laughs> well, I know that a, a local success story was plenty of fish way back when sold for 500 million or something. And, and I don't know if you, what formula they use to like come up with the valuation, but is the space still high multiples or is it, you know, cause we're sort of in higher interest rates like you mentioned is it slowing down what's sort of the valuation in your space like
0: yeah I think multiples have definitely come down I think a lot of companies have gotten screwed because they raise on crazy valuations yeah um however in tech the multiples are definitely higher and I'm just focused on building the best product possible and not really worried about the end result um, just more worried about building a great product to help people find their person.
1: Thank you. I'm sure that many people appreciate uh, what you're up to. So uh, you sold knives way back when, do you think (laughs) that those skills have transferred into today's business?
0: 100%. Yeah. I used to sell like knives for Cutco. I think it was just like the courage to go into someone's house. I mean, it was through... All that company did it through like, it was always through a referral. So it wasn't pure cold, but it's definitely a muscle I had to build, feel comfortable going into a stranger's house and then selling them knives. So yeah, I think every business or job that I've ever had, there's definitely skills that I've learned that can be brought to this business that filter off.
1: You're being way too modest, uh, listener, only because I know Zach is a a mensa when it comes to like dealing with people. So give us an example. Take us into somebody's house and you got to sell them knives. And and we already are seeing a little bit of a a piece of that where you'd rather pick up the phone or you'd rather do a video with somebody to meet. Like I already know that about you. So help us understand what it takes to take someone from, no, I'm not really interested in these knives to... This is amazing. Thanks a lot for coming over.
0: Yeah. So that particular role, the nice thing is those knives are really good. So like <laughs> if you have a crappy product, you don't want to be like a snake oil salesman selling them something you don't believe in. But these knives are amazing. And I actually still use them. <laughs> but basically I would get a sale and I would ask them, hey, do you have like three people that you think would be a potentially a good fit? And then it'd be them. I'd call them. I had like a script. They would often be like, yes, please come on this day, blah, blah. And they're like, but I'm not going to buy. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I get there and show the product. You follow your script. And it kind of sold itself. I remember like, I had these like, stupid I think they were called like super shears, whatever, and you could cut a penny. And like, that's impressive. <laughs> um and you had to just like, you showed them different things on how these things cut. And then the other thing that they liked was if your knives ever get dull, send them in free of charge, we'll sharpen them. Like people love that, especially if you're into cooking, that not having to pay, like that's nice if your knives ever get dull. But I used to sell this set called the Space Saver set all the time. And they offered me like a role to like manage my own office I turned it down because I was like this is not the area I want to continue in I'm like I'm glad I did it was a great skill I learned a lot I felt comfortable meeting someone that that I don't know that was a a muscle that was definitely weak for me and now I enjoy that like I have no problem in some ways I think it's easier to try to sell something to someone when you don't know them so when you know them it's like You don't want to like disappoint them. Like there's definitely, at least for me, and I've always had that experience, like I think it's in some ways harder because you already have your preconceived notion of that person and why they won't potentially buy. And you're almost nicer. You're less assertive versus somebody you don't know. Because if you don't know them, you're like, I'll never see them again. If you know them, it's like you may see them the next day. But that's just what's comfortable for me. But like, yeah, I think sales and the ability to communicate effectively is a super important skill because you're going to have to sell something if you're trying to make money.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, Grant Cardone. I know some people love him. Some people hate him. He calls it the S&ME 500. So, you know, instead of investing in the S&P 500, uh, you know, investing in yourself and that, you know, especially when you're younger. Has there been any sort of milestone courses or I don't say like, business books, but like more sort of courses or groups that you've been a part of that have really changed the trajectory of the way you look at business, not so much your business, but the way you look at it.
0: Well, business, I would say more so friends that I've surrounded myself with who've run other businesses. So that's in regards to business. In terms of like my personal life, I did a course called Landmark Education. I would say that was probably the most effective course I ever did for like, Personal, which also bled into professional
1: in your friend group would you say you're at the higher middle or sort of lower of where their businesses are at i would say i
0: have people below and people ahead, um and i think it's different like i have some friends that are like all oh, bootstrap founders we're bringing a lot of revenue i think a lot of founders that raise money they have no idea what they're doing and they don't even have revenue models so i think it's like all varies person to person. So I, I try to just, I think that matters most to me is like, are they a good person? And are they doing cool stuff? And, but to answer your question, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the root you were just about to kind of expand on the root of my question was sort of, you know, we are the sum of the five closest people around us is what they say. And they say in books, uh, you know, but it's not just as easy as like, well, just surround yourself with super successful people. Cause At the root of it, you know, good people is that, you know, are these people, my people, you know, that's a start. And then kind of refining, you know, someone could be an elite athlete, but have, you know, 10 grand to their name doesn't mean that they're not successful. Uh, So I, I just kind of wanted to hear sort of how you, how you built or was it, is it just your natural friend group is into tech and that's what you've always been a friend of, or did you purposely start aligning yourself with different people and realize you had common interests I mean it's changed definitely like
0: f- my friend groups have changed from elementary school to middle school to high school to college post college and now so like I've definitely had an evolution of the people I've been attracted to and surround myself with I would say nowadays it's oftentimes people that are business owners um, and just like good nice people that's kind of what I'm attracted to when it comes to a friend um however I do have friends that are not business owners as well but they're nice people and people <laughs> I like to surround myself with so um and again right like maybe I'm in the middle when it comes to business but when it comes to uh, something else health I'm at the head but I think right. I've always been pretty high up when it comes to like Health and nutrition. Um, so, like, yeah, I would say that you, that saying is really important. You're the average of your five people you hang out with most. Um, but I think there's many different variables, right? If you hang out with someone who's crushing it business wise, but they're also like really negative, you'll probably get really negative. So you have to ask yourself, like, is this someone that I want to surround myself with? And hopefully, you have a good enough relationship to bring up, like, hey, it's like you're really negative about everything. So, like, that's also really important because you don't want to be around that sort of energy, or maybe you just bring it up to them that's starting to bother you. On the flip side, maybe if you're hanging out with people that are all divorced, you'll probably get divorced too. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's so many parameters when it comes to that, and then you have to just ask yourself from like a macro level, like, hey, is this a good group? Is this a good person to be around?
1: Zach, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, I know there's a part two somewhere in the future and, uh, maybe it's, uh, as you launch the new sort of matchmaking or, you know, the more custom face-to-face. So, uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Where can people find, uh, all your goods online?
0: Yeah. So we're available on Android and iOS. It's a free app. Um, and then the matchmaking, uh, you can get also assigned with a matchmaker. The app is Filter Off, um, and the website is getfilteroff.com. So we're available on both app stores, and then we're on all the socials. Um, you just go search Filter Off, you'll find us on Instagram, TikTok. And then I'm on Instagram at Zach08590. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I'm sharing about my journey pretty openly as well. So, um,
1: yeah. Okay, Zach, well, I'll be for sure to follow along. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Next time you're up in West Coast of Canada, look me up. For sure. Thanks a lot, Dustin. Thanks, bud. See you later. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please like and rate the show, share with a friend, or use your new knowledge in your next conversation. If during the show, something gave you a pang of inspiration, motivation, or sense of uncertainty, act on it now. Get the clarity you're looking for. Find the permission you seek. Go to servicewealth.com to discover how others are learning how to take Fridays off or buying a recreation property or spending more money. If you're an organizer of an event where you believe my philosophy on finance and lifestyle design would be applicable, go to servicewealth.com and book me as a speaker at your next event. If you want a copy of our new book coming out soon, send me a message on Instagram or Facebook and we will be sure to get you a first copy.